In this podcast, Pamela Barty, a Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneur and developer of a $100 million real estate empire, will share her inspiring underdog comeback story. And along with those of her guests, she'll share how you too, as an underdog, can rise up and succeed against all odds. Here's your host, Pamela Barty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Underdog. Today, I have an outstanding, incredible guest here with me today, Lisa Florida. Florida, like the sunshine state in which she is. How are you, Lisa? (laughs) I'm good. Thanks for having me, Pam. It is such an honor to have you here today. You are just such a rock star. I just can't wait to hear all about you, your story, where you're headed in life and just all these amazing things. But my loaded question that I always start off with everyone is what inspired you on your journey to where you are today? That's a great question, Pam. And actually there's quite a few things because I almost have very similar to you. I have almost a twofold life, which is, and and a lot of people say, how do you do it all? I just don't know any other way to do it. Right. So my life, my career path and my profession is in residential real estate here in Southern California. And I've been doing that since I've been 18 years old. So that is actually a family business that, you know, my brother, sister, and I have inherited from my mother and from my late mother. So that's one side. And then I'll, I'll go into why, you know, the inspiration behind it. And the other side right now is I'm a podcast host for a project called, or a podcast called 8 billion podcasts. It's a project of, or a podcast, I should say, about sharing people's stories on their life journey and as they find purpose in their life. So what inspired me to be here is I believe that I had a spiritual awakening in 2008. You know, it was right around the mortgage meltdown. I saw a lot of people lose their homes and a lot of families lose almost, you know, pretty much everything. If you lose your home, that's a lot. And I questioned deeper things in life as I watched literally lots of clients, family, friends, or just people that sought us out, you know, for help. And I went, you know, I questioned things like, you know, is there more to life than just this? That sometimes we work so hard in this daily grind and things can be lost like that, very similar to like what happened in the pandemic. So in that time frame, I ended up visiting the Philippines, which is a motherland, and I saw the poverty there was there. It's a third world country, and it tugged at my heartstrings, and I wanted to do something more. So I did a little bit of work in the Philippines, but as you know it, you go back to the daily grind, you, you know, real estate started ramping up again, and then I went back. But again, it would probably take 10 years before something would reignite in, within me to actually follow a calling that I have to actually serve others. So it's interesting that you're going to say this because I, I actually have designed the post, a post that says God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. Mm-hmm. And in my journey last year, around this time, I went into deep spiritual practice and meditation and I the calling just kept getting louder. And so I didn't know to what capacity it would be. In fact, Pam, to be honest with you, and I don't know if, we meant, if I mentioned this in my podcast interview with you. For me, I thought it was all up because I, all I did, you know, is real estate. So I have a lot of different business connections. I thought that I was going to be of contribution through maybe like creating, you know, something bigger in business and doing that. Little did I know though, that it would have to be with 
sharing my voice and my heart. And in fact, I didn't know, I knew that I was really good with people and speaking. I just didn't know I could do it on camera. Mm. And then what ended up happening is because I had this affinity to the people in the Philippines, there was a live streaming app. And then, you know, we're in pandemic. And then I said, oh, I guess I can't be traveling abroad. I'm going to have to live stream. And from there, I just started interviewing individuals, you know, people with causes. And then from there, it was first a live stream. And then people have said, have you thought about turning it into a podcast? And that's where the 8 billion podcast was born. So now it's not just the Philippines, it's any, it's global. So that's the expansion of where I am today and the inspiration behind. So you could see how real estate tied into a trigger for spiritual growth. Then I still continue to do the family business. It's just my view in doing things now or like when I help families, it's more of like a heartfelt, it's more meaningful. I'm not saying that all realtors don't do it for like meaningful reasons, but mine is very special for me, you know, when I have clients that are long time long time family and friends it's it's different now I love that you're <laughs> just like a total total rock star and like I love how you speak from the heart and from passion you can feel that you know as you speak which is so beautiful your energy radiates my friend and then like question for you so what did you want to be when you grew up well interestingly enough at first as I was growing up I wanted to become an attorney you know, and my mom said, oh, that's, you know, that's really good for you, Lisa, because you know how to argue a lot, or you know how to talk back. <laughs> or you have an excuse for everything. <laughs> that's so funny. So that's what I originally wanted to do. So like in college, my major was political science, but I ended up deviating from it and then just going full-time into the family business at 18. You know, I got my license at 18. I was still going to college, but at the same time I was doing loans and my mom was doing the real estate side. And then eventually she would merge all of us into doing it, you know, because me, my brother and sister ended up getting our licenses. And then that's when the residential career really took off for me. Interesting. And you mentioned, so the Philippines is the motherland. Were you born there or were you born, are you first gen in the, in the United States? I'm first gen. I was born here in Los Angeles. My parents are both immigrants. My dad came through the U.S. Navy. That was a leap of faith for him. And my mom was an accountant. And I think it was much easier to actually come over as an immigrant back in the day. You know, there was a lot of opportunities and both of them took it. And interestingly enough, they don't in the Philippines, they're only like it's province, but I guess you call it like city. They're only like one city away from each other. And yet they met here in the United States. That's so funny. That's so cute. And the motherland, when you mentioned it, because my motherland is Albania, you know, so it's like, you're so deeply connected to where you come from. It's yeah. just incredible. So like when you went back, like, what was that all sort of like? Cause like, I know for me, so I left Albania when I was six months old. So I didn't live there at all. I didn't nothing. Like I was born there and I literally shipped off to Italy and then when I was five, came straight here. So I didn't spend any time in, in my motherland. I remember when I went back, it was like, you felt like you were home and mm-hmm. like, it just felt so different. And you're like, wow, this is where I come from. So what was that experience going back for you? You know, and it's interesting because not a lot of Filipino Americans feel that, you know what I mean? First, mm-hmm. that's why I'm saying like, I, I don't really know what really tugged at my heartstrings. It was maybe a combination of how I saw life. Sometimes I look back, Pam, and think it was this really fate for me to like have this journey of eventually going back and feeling like 
there's a connection that I have with these people. And then to later on come to terms with the fact that I have deep connection to a lot of people. And I think that it has a lot to do with who I am as a person. I feel like I operate from my heart space. I enjoy connecting with others on a deeper level. And then I'm very empathetic and compassionate. And so it was a gift that was so hard for me to hone in on. Because if you're not fully aware of it, sometimes it can work against you sometimes, right? I don't know if you've ever experienced that. And then of course, we have social structures that say, okay, you have to do this for business. This is the way it goes and all this kind of stuff. And oftentimes, a lot of the things that you operate from in a natural, a natural state gets suppressed inside. And it was more so in at least even just in the last couple of years, after losing my mom, did I really start to operate from the heart space and really truly accept it and really you know, live from that space. Now my world has changed where it's very much accepted because I had to accept it first. Right. And thank you so much for sharing that. And I know, I mean, to anyone who's listening now, who's maybe experienced grief or loss so strong in the family like that, what was the experience like for you? And how did you sort of, I mean, and I know it's still a process, it's ongoing, but like, how did you, like, what were your coping mechanisms? Like what helped you throughout your journey? with that loss well, with like uh with losing my mom yeah well, it was so my mom had actually had cancer twice so she got breast cancer in 2013 and survived that and then in 2017 she and and typically with cancer survivors they'll they'll test every quarter so she had been really good for a good maybe four years she was actually reaching five and then in 2017 they noticed her blood levels were different but it would still take it would still take the hospital and her doctors about four months to diagnose her. And she did have a very rare cancer, which was bile duct cancer. It's in the liver, but it's in the bile ducts. So it's not like they could go in there and operate it. The only other alternative would be something like chemo, shrink the tumor, and then go in and operate. But they right. called it silent killers. So by the time it's even diagnosed, you're probably in stage three or four. That was hard. It was very hard, that journey, because you're constantly, you know, my mom was also constantly trying to figure out, like, do I want to go down the chemo route again? She was also, maybe I'll go down the holistic route. Then you're, you you know, as children, you're like, well, we don't have a lot of time, but you don't want to rush the person. But, you know, the biggest part of that journey, I would say, is you know, when I ended up losing my mom, one of the biggest things that ended up happening was coming to acceptance about not overanalyzing the journey. Because what you often do will say, you, you'll often sometimes anyone that's lost a parent and, and has seen them go through maybe either cancer or a terminal disease, you'll say, oh, if we gone this route, could they have lived longer? Or could they, if I've gone this route, could they have gone longer? What I've learned in, in embracing death was that the journey was exactly meant to be the way it was supposed to be down to its very second. But the one thing that I had no regrets for, I know the same with my siblings is we came together as a family to love my mom in the time that she needed it the most and which I think carried her out a little bit longer. It's amazing what love does. But the grieving process was very tough because you lose the physical presence of the person. So it was very tough for the first year. I had a lot of you know, there was a lot of grieving, sorrow. There was so much love, but it, it, it is very hard to lose the physical presence of a person. And then that inspired me to start marathon running. And that's how I was able to release a lot of the energy. And so 
in honor of my mom in 2019, I completed my first half marathon and then went on to do two others. Well, one other, and then the third one was a virtual, mm. you know, Interesting. but yeah, that was kind of, that was, in, you know, and I'm glad that you touched it. I mean, not very many people know that journey, you know, of how painful it was. Um, because even though my mom was very, she's a really big businesswoman she wanted to keep her second round of this cancer very quiet. So a lot of people kind of just thought like, you know, she kind of drowned out. Some people were hearing things knowing that she was sick, but no one really knew because we kind of just kept it within just the family. And we needed that. You know what I mean? Because sometimes when you don't want projected energy of some people saying, oh, I don't know if she's going to survive or not. She just needed to stay with the family. Yeah. Yeah. And have- yeah, and just, you know, hang on to that hope and, and live from that space of love. Right. Well, in, in Albania, they have this thing where, um, like, even if we see a pregnant woman, for example, like, we don't ask any questions or, like, say, oh, when's the baby coming? Or because it, like, it could jinx the energy. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost like very similar to what you're saying. You're like, you don't want people to be sick because then people, oh, you know, everybody starts knowing about it. And, like, yeah. So it's almost very, very similar, which, which I would, agree with it's better to just kind of like not say anything and just yeah, like, not say you know, anything right yeah because energies can create you know good and bad right they can create yeah, absolutely uh, oh that's interesting to know so in in albania if there's anyone pregnant no one will ask anything and that's why like albanians what here in the u.s they're like why are people so rude and like just like this as soon as they see your bump they, ah, they, they hate that <laughs> Yeah, well, because you, you want to make sure like you can congratulate them when you see the baby happy and healthy in their, you know, in the mom's hands, that's when you'd be like, congratulations. Da, 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 da. But until the baby's safely here, they won't say anything. Like my aunt, I'll never forget this. She was like giving birth. Like she was like her water broke and she didn't call anybody. She's like, I'm just going to the hospital. I'm like, so that means your water broke. And she's like, no. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> she's like, keeping it up. I'm like, okay. So they're like so superstitious with that stuff. So it's just really interesting. It's really interesting to see that those parallels. And I just thank you so much for sharing that. Cause I know it can be difficult and it's a process. And I don't think it's something that you ever like really get over. Like, you know, when I lost my grandfathers, it's like, I still feel like they're, you know, they're in Albania, like that they're not like gone. Right. But they're, mm-hmm. they're, there, they're there. Like it's, it's, it's so interesting. It's so you, interesting. It's, it's interesting. You do find different coping me- mechanisms. Like my brother, like, I think it was the first Christmas my, my mom was gone, you know? And mm-hmm. then we say, yeah, you know, we sit down and we, you know, we say we miss my mom. And then my brother goes, I just think of her as on a long vacation. <laughs> I guess you'd say that's my coping mechanism. Like, it's like, yeah. I feel like they're just, you know, they're on a vacation somewhere. I'm going to see them soon kind of thing, you know? Yeah. It's never goodbye. It's I'll see you later. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And like, also too, I mean, you know, for her, she just like, seems like such a powerful, incredibly inspiring woman. And I feel like you've got so much from that. So would you say she was like your biggest mentor in, in yes. life and all that you do? Absolutely. Now that you're like, what inspired you? I was like, no, I have to talk about my spiritual journey first. But really, I mean, if you even just I launched my website, if you read the about me, the inspiration comes from my mother. 
And it was interesting though, too, Pam, because like growing up, right, real estate powerhouse, right? But she also saw gifts and skills in me. She saw that I could public speak. She saw that like sometimes she even said at one point, why don't you become a coach or why don't you do this? But it would, it had to take her passing for me to kind of like hone in, say yes to the business again, like really step into, and I knew it, it was hard for me because I was like, I could never fill my mother's shoes. But what she did was I knew she guided me from, from above. And that's why I was able to shed a lot of that sorrow because what she did was the series of events that ended up happening after her passing, I knew was divinely guided by her because she put me back. I mean, like, I, you know, not that I ever left the, the, you know, I went back into or committed to the family business and growing it. But then I came back with the best version of me. It wasn't having to fill my mom's shoes anymore. And I looked up one day and I was like, wow, but it would have to take a series of events that happened for me to bring out like one, my voice, my heart, and know that it was okay to operate from that space. Mm, she just sounds like such, such a powerhouse. She still is. She still is. Yes. Yeah, she's a powerhouse. She's selling me to say that she's selling clouds up in heaven. <laughs> she's selling clouds. No, that's adorable. That's adorable. I mean, and it's like, so she was like a real estate power, was like brokerage and in that world and that space. It sounds like she did like a lot though, like not just the brokerage side, because you were saying you were handling the mortgages and loans at one point and the whole family like came together and just killing it. Pam, she's like the Filipino version of you. Like if she, if she, you know what I mean? If she could go into development, she would go into development. But she first started out as an accountant. She had her full-time job and then she did taxes on the side. And then from there, you know, she would tell clients, oh, you need a tax shelter. You know, why don't you look at purchasing a home? So after a while, she's all like, oh, I'm just told, I, you know, I've referred so much business, I might as well become a real estate agent. From there, it was game over. She became this amazing real estate agent. And then on top of that, she was so good with numbers. Mm. And so that's why she would help like, you know, she'd advise clients on one side, like, oh, people who didn't think they could afford it. She just, you know, like, let me see, like, what, what are your budgets? And she goes, okay, if you cut this out, and you make sacrifices here, this is a house. And then on top of that, your mortgage becomes your mortgage interest becomes a tax write off. So she would just help them. It was already there for them. She would just help them see it in a different way. And then, like I said, we had a specialty. So we we specialized in short sales and pre-foreclosure. And that was a very niche business for us. But my mom was so on top of it. She taught us all how to do it. And we had to pivot fast. Yeah, she was amazing. Just like you, Pam. Thank you so much. She sounds absolutely, absolutely incredible. And I mean, so after when you, when you mentioned that you had like a spiritual awakening and like you, you know, to hone in on your skills, like what was that process like for you? Like, how did you realize and how did you, like, how did you awaken? I guess is the question. And like, identify your gifts and your talents because some people like feel stuck and they're like, they know something is wrong, but then they're like, they just don't know how to take the next step and be like, I know I'm supposed to do this, but, but, you know, you get like stuck in that analysis paralysis kind of like thing, you know? So how do you like double, double down like you did and just be like, okay, these are my, you know, become aware of your gifts and like, just kind of take action on them. Cause I think that's the hardest thing to do is execution. Everyone has ideas, right. But executing is a whole nother. Yes. 
And like I told you, I didn't know. I mean, I knew I was always really good at talking to people. It wasn't until like I went on camera that I was like, oh, I'm not scared of the camera. Oh, I know how to ask questions, right? So it was almost like it even unfolded as it happened. But a natural gift of mine was communicating with people. I would ask them questions because I genuinely enjoyed learning about people, right? But when it came to like when I was younger, When it came to like public speaking or sometimes like saying things, of course, it's hard because you're in your head about things. You're always about like, how how am I going to be seen? How are people going to judge me? I think what became different about this in particular for me, now I know everyone's journey is different. For me, when I felt the calling, I knew I had a big heart. I knew I had a lot of love to give. I knew I wanted to do things to certain capacities and things would just unfold as it would. So, oh, I knew I had this thing about, you know, being able to connect with people and, and talk to them. But I think it was just all those years of sometimes being unsure about yourself. And a lot of that comes from the headspace, like what you're saying. Right. So I, I knew that something had to change for me. And I don't know if this was like perfect timing, but the pandemic you know, with everyone like going into quarantine, I ended up going into like, I I hired like a meditation coach, an energy healer and all this kind of stuff. And we worked and she helped me learn meditation practices. But as I became, as I cleared more of my programs and negative, what do they call those? The negative, because there's so many different terms for it in the personal development space, like negative self-talk. Yeah. Right negative self-talk and all of these stories you told yourself of being unworthy, you know, it, it's, it's a journey. It's a conscious journey of always knowing what your thoughts are, what you're putting out to the world. And then moving with that space when, when you find the good and it takes, it just, you know, it's sometimes the smallest intention can create the door that opens up your whole new world. And, and I'm not saying it happened overnight, but it was just a conscious journey that I practiced meditation. I really connected to source and the pandemic gave, you know, myself the perfect time to do it. And then that's when I would hear things like, I felt like I was imparted, like I honed in on the fact that I do have a big heart, that I want to be of service to others and that there's nothing wrong with that. So I started, you know, I started the journey in, in any little thing. That's why I encourage people like live from a space of joy, live from a space of creativity. You still, you can have your professional jobs and that might not be where you're, you know, like where your creativity is, but the more you start doing things that are happier, that energy starts to take its course and momentum. And then before you know it, it propels you. It's fantastic. I think it's amazing. And the fact that you like took action on them and kind of are expanding upon them now. And now that you're building sort of your own brand, right? So you have, you still have your real estate companies and you still have everything happening. And now you're kind of working on your brand, which I think is so, so cool. So, so cool. So walk me through that. Like, you know, so after you've had this spiritual awakening and now that you're kind of going into all these amazing things, building up your brand and like releasing your, your website and everything. Oh, like how it all happened. Yeah. Just like I told you, like I have a deep connection to like either God. I know I I hope people won't like think like I'm weird, but you know, like some people say spirit guides and all this kind of stuff. I just had a deep connection to God or like people call source, all loving creator. And that's what meditation is because a lot of people pray, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But a lot of people don't. The other part is listening. And sometimes the listening, you got to get out of your head because none of the listening is going to happen when your mind is running like, so that takes a lot of time and commitment. But once that took off, 
I just allowed the journey to unfold the way that it needed to. So it went from live streaming and someone said, what about the podcast? Then the podcast started. And then I also met, I had already met Brandon. Little did I know Brandon did video marketing. And then he was, he was going to have all these mentors that had podcasts. And I, I know I didn't start the most, con, you know, I started the most unconventional way. I was just like, I'm going to start a podcast. I had little preparation and little knowledge about it, but I just felt like God and spirit guided me. And it's, and that's the thing that people have to know. Like there's a lot of people that plan and launch properly. I went kind of like the opposite direction, but it's okay because everyone has their own journey. And, and they have to just be okay with the way it unfolds. If you resist it, that's when you start being hard on yourself. Then right. you become critical. And then you go the opposite direction. And then you start being less confident. You just have to be okay with the journey the way that it unfolds. I adore that. I adore that, how you're going like step by step. And like now, I mean, I'm excited to see like what you, what you work on next to be honest. I feel like you have this whole big chapter ahead. I think this is just like, you're just scratching the surface, you know, now, which is so fun. Now, before I ask you anything further about what's going on with your personal brand, my question is like, what would be some tips for like meditation or like energy work or anything that helped you get aligned in your world? always helpful. Everyone has different techniques, but I always like to, to hear like, what are your best, best practices? You know, what's interesting though, because everyone will always have, and I'm glad that's a really great question because everyone will always say meditation is so hard, right? Cause yeah, the way that we see it, right? Like, Oh, someone's like meditating in a forest and then they're breathing. You can't even get through a minute. Well, meditation happens in so many forms, right? Like if you really have a hard time, like, of course, you can always go on YouTube and do, do those exercises where you're just breathing. If that stuff doesn't work, it could be as simple as going out into nature and connecting there first. Because as you clear that energy that you have, right, from the daily grind of everyone contributing and saying things, like sometimes even your energy is not your energy, right? Even going out into nature and just enjoying that and just being present, that becomes one of the first tips that you can do. You could start your day off always taking a walk around the block. Um, and then when you can start sitting down and doing either breathing exercise, another thing for me is my meditation is in breathing exercises. I actually can lay down like right before I go to sleep or early in the morning and I can do visualization. So my visualizations could be anything like, oh, this is how I see my life. This is what I'm going to do after I get up. This is where I'm going to go and visit. If you can get more imaginative, I guarantee you, you can stay in meditations for hours. Wow. And you'd be really surprised at what you can manifest when, when you're that tuned in because it's creative energy. Right. Right. Like Pam, I can't ever explain like, this time last year, if you told me I'd be podcasting and maybe even on your show, or I would have met Dave Seymour, I'll, I never believe you in, in, in a million years. It, yeah. it was, yeah, it was, it's a conscious journey, you know? So it's not hard. You guys start with the little things and then let your imagination run wild. I mean, if it, you know, you've heard of astral projections, right? Like yeah. if you're not, of aliens go to space and visit them you know what I mean you'd be surprised that a lot of them are nice <laughs> or, or close your eyes and visit 
places that you've never been before. If you have a dream to visit, you know, a different country, visualize it in your head. I guarantee you, you could, you could stay in meditation for a long time if you, you go in that direction. I think honestly, a lot of my life has been visualizing because I've always been a, I am a huge dreamer. So I would be, you know, like delivering pizzas way back when, and I would envision myself like driving a Lambo, like, and uh, like, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just doing this now, but like in the future, I know I'm going to drive like a Lamborghini. And like, I've just always like, it's like, I never separated like reality from dreams. So like, Mm -hmm. I've always been like, I was always like that big thinker, that big dreamer, that this and that, and like, that was just always me. And I like, I'm still that way to this day. Like I'm always, and it's like, I'll be listening to music with my, with, like literally blaring in my car and I'm just like seeing things and seeing things and just like being imaginative and like it's so cool what do they call it um theta state they call it theta right and like theta state of mind so like all children up until they're seven years old they're in the theta state that's why they're, they're so creative and like all these things and it's like the bigger the imagination the more crazy and awesome your world gets so like I'm totally with you like It's not just because I've had a hard time figuring out like, what is my meditation and like my like creative energy flow, right? Where everyone's like, Pam, you got to meditate and this and this, like, it's not like you're crossing your legs and you're sitting in some room with like, you know what I mean? Like the traditional, yeah, um, right? Like it can be very different for a lot of people. So I love what you said with that, because it's like, for me, my meditation is driving and like blasting music. That is. A lot of people don't realize that they're in a meditative state because it's just relaxing. So you might think like, for some people, it is driving because like, okay, you drive around the coast. I never knew for me, it was the water that pulled me in and there was something very calming about water. Mm -hmm. Another thing that is happening in my more recent ones is like, and I think it might be the book Think and Grow Rich. And I just mentioned this to someone, to a friend. They said that a lot of, you know, a lot of these, really rich and successful men. I mean, and it's not even, it wasn't even about accumulating money, right? It was, it was the wealth. It was who they became as men, but they, they would close their eyes and imagine uh, like a conference room and they would have the people like people that they admired and would, they would talk to them and ask for advice. That seems to be some of my meditations in the more recent times. So it can be anyone like, anyone you look up to that you're inspired and like you don't even have to know them but maybe imagine in your mind's eye that you're having a conversation with them and getting advice from them that's so cool I love it it's really neat I mean there's a lot to take from this you know what I mean like as it's not your traditional meditation it can be as creative as you want it to be and obviously you and I kind of live from that same space Right. Absolutely. No, I love that so much. I love that so much. And like just your journey, you're just such a such a rock star. And I can't wait to see what happens in, in your world next. But like, you know, one question that I always ask is this, you know, like, what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? Even sometimes just experiences like you fast forward. I think it was just live. It would be live from that space that that feels natural to you you know, use your creative side to fuel your dreams, live from a space of creativity, live from a space of the heart. And, you know, one thing I won't ever forget is I, you know, I interviewed John Lee Dumas, and he said, be a person of value, uh, not of success. 
So the more you are contributing in, in terms of value to anyone's life, like you don't have to be donating gob loads of money to anything. It could be something as simple as, you know what I mean? Connecting with someone and you never know when, when they really need that. Lending your ear to someone, you know, maybe complimenting them. Those are the small little things in life that make a difference. And, you know, from there, you'll literally watch your life transform. I love that because when your mind is being a giver, and giving and giving and giving you're just you come like just this abundance that flows to you is like crazy whereas if you're focused on like ah like me 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 success success like that's you know that becomes another game so I adore that wow Mm -hmm. right and then oddly enough the way the universe works is it rewards that it's not to say like you know it's almost that it's almost that law of that universe right when you give genuinely not to give to say oh I gave but you genuinely in the heart there's an energetic exchange that comes back it might not be directly from that person but the universe rewards that yes I adore that so much so so much so so much oh my gosh and and now what's new in your world What's coming up in like the next 12 months for you, the rest of 2021? What, what's, what's going on? Well, you know, once the world opens up and I know that, you know, we're, it's going to open up very soon for travel. I'd like to, well, one, of course, I'm going to really pour work into the 8 billion podcast about the stories. And, you know, I have the next project in mind is through cause media and cause media. What I'm going to do is work with a team of people to create short short uh film and you know like short video clips mm-hmm. and then from there you know i've had friends that are filmmakers if you know if, when there's eight billion stories to tell that you know there's so many different thing ways you could go but i would like to go into like film as the expansion of eight billion maybe even a book one day yeah yeah i mean oh my gosh i i, I don't know if i've ever said that on any other podcast but it does it's a you know, the all, even just like you, Pam, like all your guests is going to be a compilation of stories you could tell. Yeah. And, or I, you know, what I'd love to do is also do like, um, I have someone that I know she'd like to do like luxury or not even luxury retreats around the world, you know, where it's your more like consciousness base or spiritual base where you can go and enjoy you know um being in around other people who are on maybe either a spiritual journey you know just stuff like that so there's so many things in the works on top of the real estate career right (laughs) yes absolutely I love that I love that you're expanding your personal brand but you're you're doing it from your heart space which I think is so powerful and like you know telling these stories and getting into film and showcasing those stories even further I just think it's it's so exciting and then a book I can't wait I'm so excited for you I can't wait to support can't wait to continue to support you because I just love what you're doing I just think you're such an amazing person and like now you got to let everyone know where to find your awesomeness well it's perfect timing for me to guess on this podcast. I did launch my website so people can definitely find me there. It would be Lisa, L-I-Z-A, Florida, like the state.com. I'm also on all social media platforms such as LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. So you can find me there too. Uh, but probably the fastest way would be just to go on my website and fill out a contact form. And then it automatically comes to my email and then I'll get a hold of you, whichever you know, which, whichever avenue you, you're, you're seeking uh, to contact me, whether it's real estate or the podcast or for speaking as well. 
I'd love to. That's another thing though too, Pam. I, you know, you say to put it out into the universe. I did a lot of speaking and teaching back in maybe about 10 years ago. And I want, you know, and I, I can teach, especially in residential real estate, but I, I definitely want to speak, you know, and I, I'm looking forward to the day that I'll be able to speak in public and share my story with so many people. So if you're listening to this and you'd like to, <laughs> and you'd love for me to tell my story, I'd be happy to come and speak. Amen, girl. Put that out into the universe. You're going to get there without without question. I just, you know, from your beloved heart space and your amazing energy, I know for sure you're going to kill it out there and no matter what you do, because you come from that place of love. So thank you so, so much for being here today. And I appreciate you so much. Can't wait to see what you're up to in the future. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day with Pamela herself in Boston, Massachusetts. Be sure to go to theunderdogshow.com and pick up a copy of Pamela's free gift. And join us on the next episode. 